0: Welcome to the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs podcast, where we focus on how to find your voice, develop your message, so that you can get consistently paid speaking gigs that generate income. Not only are you going to learn how to find your voice, but you're going to hear from professionals in the industry who are making a powerful impact, sharing their story, and impacting lives. As a speaker and mindset expert, I'm really big on showing people how to win. But i'm also on a mission of helping new speakers get on stage so that they can share their story and get paid to impact people's lives so i created a free event list that are looking for speakers in 2021 if you're looking to tap into the market and build a profitable speaking business i have high quality leads for new and and up-and-coming speakers to get booked in 2021 all you have to do is head to the charles clark forward slash who dash hires dash motivational dash speakers the link is in the show notes so let's get back to the show welcome to the journey to pay speaking gigs podcast and we have another episode today i have Stuart knight Stuart, welcome to the show
1: well thanks for having me charles i'm looking forward to having a good chat with you today
0: yeah yeah so you know before we get started let the throughout tribe know who is Stuart knight
1: well, you know, I can tell you, um, if anyone were to see like a picture of me right now or was watching this as a video podcast or we could go online, they'd think I'm a lead singer of a 1980s rock band because I've got this long, you yes. know, crazy Bee Gees hair going on right now. Pandemic hair, they call it. Yeah. So I can assure everyone who ever sees me, I'm not that guy. I am a professional paid speaker. You know, I'm a 47-year-old man living in the city of... Toronto, Canada, I think it's the fourth largest city now in North America. Uh, I've got a wonderful partner who gore two beautiful children for me. And uh, the four of us are kicking it live and direct here. And I'm now, I guess, I I should say I used to be a professional speaker. Now I'm a virtual professional speaker because it feels like getting on stage seems like something I used to do a long time ago.
0: Right, man. It's, It's crazy how things have pivoted from, you know, being... One hundred percent in person. And that's how we get our checks to now. I I get my checks virtually. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: it. Well, there's, there's a real beauty of it, too. Right. I mean, I think that there's that novelty. I'm sure you've had that experience, especially the first time you did it, where you kind of you turn the lights on, you turn your computer on, you speak to a few hundred people through a computer and they say goodbye, you turn it off, and you kind of, like, go down to your kitchen and grab yourself a sandwich, and you're like, I can't yeah, believe yeah. I just got paid to do that. That's so crazy. At the same time, though, on the other side of it, it's like, I love how the industry, all of a sudden, like, everyone was kind of, like, floating around in the middle of the ocean going, all right, so, like, what's the new price for a yeah. virtual speech? And corporations were like, what do we feel like paying people? And, you know, you've got... Uh, uh, whatever you call it, uh, the speaking bureaus, of course, out there are saying, "Well, we think it should be forty to fifty percent of what a person used to get." It's just everyone's just like it's like no man's land. Everyone's just yeah. throwing everything against the wall trying to figure it out. While as speakers, we're sitting in our office just shooting their mouths off, hoping someone's gonna listen.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Facts, and, and you know what I what I realized, like throughout this process, is I'm still bringing the same excellence as I would in, on stage. As I would virtually yeah. and it's like, well, should I compromise in my price on that I'm like nah no. you know i i th- I think now I mean because organizations they're saving thousands of dollars right they're they they do not have to invest into the hotel, they don't have to travel mm-hmm. their employees to to the event, so why should speakers compromise on their price i mean what are what are your thoughts on that
1: you know I had uh A client who, you know, sometimes you have certain clients who just book you for the same gig every year. And those are great clients to have, of course, right? And so this one client, it's always a brand new audience. And so that audience has always really resonated with my content. And so I get back to every every year. So of course, this year it was a virtual presentation. And so they said, you know, we're just curious, what do you think the price should be? I know we're doing things virtually. And I said, Well, the only thing that's going to be different between this gig and the last five times I've done it is that I don't need to drive there and drive back. Everything else is the exact same. And that drive there is about an hour and a half there and it's about an hour and a half back, okay? So you're saving me three hours of time. And I said, okay, for the gig, I'll knock off 500 bucks. I'll knock off 500 bucks for the gig because I don't have to drive there. I go, but all 500 of those audience members are still gonna take that content, they're going to apply it to their lives. Yeah. They're going to become more successful. They're going to be happier. And uh, they're going to have greater communication skills and on and on and on, on. So to me, I just thought, and as soon as I broke it down to them that way, they were like, oh, yeah, we absolutely, that makes sense. I said, and you know what? You should have a bit of a cut because I don't have to drive there. Mm. Um, now, if you take another gig and let's say, for example, now I now no longer have to fly five hours right. to get to you know, the other side of the country. Yeah, sure. But still, what is that? Maybe knock a thousand bucks off. It still shouldn't be half price. And I was getting people literally calling me in the beginning of the pandemic saying, would you do it for free? Because all of a sudden you were getting these individuals out there that were doing things for free. And then there was this assumption that I would do it for free. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll tell you something. One thing that hasn't changed since the pandemic started is my need to feed my children.
0: Facts. <laughs> still I, I still got rent. I still, still got to pay my insurance. <laughs> I mean, I know you yeah. guys don't have to pay for insurance, but we got all of that stuff. Right, right, right yeah. It's like my toothpaste
1: doesn't just magically appear in my bathroom. Facts. It's uh, someone goes to a store and pays for it. Yeah. So, yeah, So it's, it's, it's like a, a new kind of wild, wild west where as speakers we do need to push back Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we need to be respectful of the fact that, uh, yeah, things have changed But at the same time. If, if we just allow ourselves to be pushed into a corner, then we're going to have, we're, we're going to have to realize it's going to be, it's hard. It, we're going to have to stay there. And it's going to take a long time to fight out of that corner And come as, come up, as opposed to being, not being pushed into the corner.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think coming into it at first, my, my approach was it, was to to definitely be understanding the organizations because they just don't know how things are so if we need to push things back or if we need to figure out how we're going to do this thing virtually then let's let's make those those steps together you know but Mm -hmm. as far as compromising the and compromising of of what i see as integrity for my business i just got to stay in those lines and you know so maybe you guys are listening and you're like well what do i do you know i'm normally speaking in person but now i'm doing things virtually I mean, you got to ask yourself, what is integrity for you and and make the right decision based off of off of those things, based off of your family, you know, based off of, you know, what's going to allow you to, to keep going and, and do this thing long term to grow your business. So I, I know that was a, a hot question that a lot of people have about speaking. Mm-hmm. What should we do? You know, and, and we're all trying to navigate through this thing ourselves. But, you know, um, do the best thing that you can do for your
1: business. Well- you hit the nail on the head when you use the words long-term Yeah, because when it comes right down to it, um, there's going to be a day when this pandemic is just something of the past and it's kind of like just spoken about. Right. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself, unless you are one of those speakers listening to this right now, who happens to be in your twilight speaking years and you are like in your eighties and you're like, you know what I'm out of this in the next couple of years. So I'll just take any gig at any price. Fine. But the majority of people who are listening to this right now, Are people who have to see the long game and they have to see how down the road the decisions you're going to make are going to affect you in five years. And like we said, while there is room for compromise, we're all human beings going through this crazy time. You've got to make sure, like you said, you've got to stay true to what value you give. I mean, in fact, and I'm not wanting to take you off your questions today, but I actually think one interesting question that I have looked at for so long Mm -hmm. is the question between whether or not your price should fluctuate depending on the size of the audience. And there is so much debate out in the speaking world around this. If you talk to anybody in the speaking bureau industry, they'll all say the same thing. Absolutely not. Your price is your price for 50 people or 50,000. That's your price. Yeah. I personally disagree with those people. Okay. I personally think that but, but there's a little bit of fluctuation there. Now you have to have your high point and you have to have your low point. Mm-hmm. But if a company comes to me and they say, hey, we want you to speak to our team of 25 people. And then the next company comes to me and says, we want you to be the keynote in front of 5,000 people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So my, my keynote fee for about, you know, not, let's not say 5,000, let's say a thousand people. I'm usually going to be around 12,500 for, for a, a speaking engagement for that amount. Okay. Well, are you telling me that someone's going to come to me and say, can you do a one hour session with our 25 people? And I am going to say, oh, I'm $12,500. Well, if i'm anthony robbins yeah i can say that (laughs) you know if i'm oprah winfrey sure i can say that but i'm not those people and i'm i'm an entrepreneur within a game that's very competitive yeah and so for me i'm going to have a a level of fluctuation where i'll say okay i won't go below this price because of the integrity we spoke about Right, right and i won't go above this price even if you've got the budget. I'm not going to do, I, I never want to put myself into a situation where someone's like, oh, wow, you're 12500 we have 25000 Even though I could get the 25000 it's the long game again. Mm-hmm. And I never want anybody out there getting it back to that person who gave me twenty five k, finding out that I did a speech for a same size audience for twelve point five. So while in the moment I'm like, damn, I would love to get that other 12.5. Yeah, I'm in this for the long game. I need to be in uh, integ- uh, I need to have integrity about what I'm doing. So I have that range, depending on on how big an audience is. And then, of course, if it's a charity or if it's a not-for-profit, I'm going to take that into account as well. If it's a school, I'm going to take that into account. But we need to just know what that range is. Yeah. And then once you know that, you can't move out of it.
0: Yeah, and, and that's 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 what I, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about integrity. It's good for you because some things. Other speakers do aren't good for me, and some things that I do for you know for myself and my business aren't good for other speakers. So it's, it's truly defining what it is what's it going to be for you, what's going to allow you yeah. to do this long term, like and feed your family and take care of yourself. So kind of talk about, Stuart, what was your journey like of truly becoming a, a motivational speaker? How did that all happen?
1: You know, when people come up to me sometimes at the end of my presentation, they say, "I would love to do what you do." Um, I always say to them, don't try to look at the next 10 years of your life all at one time as your journey to becoming a professional speaker. Because if you do that, you're going to have a panic attack and you are going to go under your bed and you're going to need to cry tears because it's scary if you try to look at the whole 10 years at one time. Yeah. So what I say to people is to do what I did, which was like, I would just say to myself, what would I like to accomplish as a speaker this year? And i might. Say, okay, well, I'd like to do this many high school gigs. i like to do this many not-for-profit gigs. I want to do maybe a couple of showcase gigs where I invite people to my own forum and I get up and I speak to them. And so once you set that goal, I make that my focus. And I know that just by doing it, the next thing that I'm supposed to do next just kind of presents itself. So maybe you do a showcase gig and somebody walks up to you and says, hey, you know what? I'm the director of this organization. Would you come out and do something for us? Or maybe you go and do a high school gig and some principal says, hey, have you ever thought about speaking to this um, this charity, whatever? So because yeah. so because if you have the 10-year plan, well, you're never going to open yourself up to like, the other little plans that come along the way. Yeah. And so the way that I word this, Charles, is I say to people, start anywhere, because anywhere is a place, and anywhere will lead you everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I've always looked at it, right? Like, don't think you need to know where you're going to be in 10 years. There's nothing wrong with having a a general target. Goals are great. Have a sense of where you'd like to end up. Yeah. But rather, know where you want to get to in the next six months, the next year. And then once you do that, you're going to find out certain jokes don't work on stage. You know, certain topics aren't as interesting as you thought they were. Whatever it might be, you know, you you might want to do a little bit of a dance at the beginning of the show. And maybe sometimes you try it and it doesn't work. You're always working your material, yeah. And then by the end of that year, you've got new material, new ways of doing it, and you just leverage that experience to go into year number two. So, mm-hmm. my journey has been: I did high school shows, and then and, and, and I and then I started writing motivational musicals in the city of Toronto, and uh, these were like five person casts, like off Broadway type musicals, all with a motivational message. And at the end of those shows, someone from the corporate audience would be like, Hey, love this man. Would you come to our, you know, our bank and speak to our employees? And then that's where I was like, Hey, never thought about it. Yeah. How much do you guys pay? (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I'll do that. And then it was just a new audience. And then you start leaving your old life and moving into your new life. And then one day you wake up 25 years after doing this and you're like, Holy crap, man. I cannot believe
0: how far are you got. that
1: where I am now, I would have never thought about this trajectory if I tried to think about it the first day.
0: Wow, yeah, I, I think it's interesting to always to know how you got there was it was it something that that it all like transpired and said, like this is my lane right here. I, I need to be speaking more. This is what I mm. to do what was it was it ever a moment or realization?
1: No question. you know, I remember my very first motivational book. That i read was awaken the giant within by anthony robbins mm-hmm. one of well let's face it the number one most uh, coveted motivational speaker on planet earth and um who is an individual whose content i resonate with today but not as much as i used to when i was 20 years old reading his book for the very first time yeah and for me you know i'm such a classic Story, I come from immigrant parents and like our big thing was just try to get a university education and then try to put food on the table and buy a house and get a good job. That's the message that we got growing up. (laughs) And for the first time in my life, I'm 20 years old reading a motivational book and someone saying, hey, guess what? You don't have to come from an extraordinary family to do extraordinary things. And that was like this wake up call for me that said, damn, why didn't somebody tell me this when I was 12 years old? yeah and because i had always felt comfortable being on stage i was always a bit of a showman i'd always been in the plays and all kinds of stuff. that part was already taken care of i i didn't need to start thinking about that but that was my wake-up call i was 19 20 years old calling my girlfriend stephanie i'm like oh my god we could change our lives all it is about <laughs> changing our attitude and like we've got to focus on the positive positive. and it was the first time i'd ever heard it and that would be when, where i said i need to dedicate my life mm. to taking what i'm hearing and sharing it with other people, and then once I started doing that, I started getting my own experiences, yeah. and then years later, I started sharing my own experiences with other people. Yeah.
0: And I, I think that's a big responsibility, right? Like we we get on stage, and yes, it's fun that we get paid a couple racks to speak, but the but the thing that's beyond that is the impact. And yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of people might want to be speakers, but you need to share something that's impactful. Like, and take that seriously. Like, we, I talk yeah. a lot about integrity within the speaking industry because I, I think there's a lot of people that just want to speak just because it's a, it's a good income. But you, you need to speak because you have something to share with the world that can change other people's lives. And you recently launched uh, a new company called The More The More where you inspire millions of people to sh- to have a conversation, right? Yeah. Why is that so important? What do you believe in that inspired you to say this is important for us our these our voice needs to be heard for the this matter right here what was it
1: so you know this comes back once again I'm not trying to keep circling back to integrity but you can't mm-hmm. not talk about it when you speak about the question you've just asked me yeah um I would say, you know, we talk about like, all the epidemics of society, all the problems of society, drug abuse, or we talk about, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse, or we talk about racism, sexism, ageism, all these things are important things to, to speak about and to, to address. Yeah. But you know, there's this one thing that's never spoken about, it's never taught in school, and that is the importance of having powerful conversations with other human beings every day. You know, we are, we are pulled aside in school at the age of six and saying, we're, we're taught about integrity, we're taught about having values and sharing and being good people. But whatever, saying, oh, by the way, if you ever wanna make sure that you lead a happy life, if you wanna make sure that you have a successful life, make sure that you focus a certain level of your attention onto the kinds of conversations that you're having with people, the kinds of questions you're asking. Because mm-hmm. I've always said, you know, human beings, are the best television show of all time. Yeah. All you ever have to do is just ask them the right questions, and you can flip around from channel to channel, and you will learn their stories, and you will learn what they're about, and they will give you information that will lead you to a new opportunity. And yet, when we speak to each other, what do we do? Oh, hey, did you hear? Like uh, whatever. Like the sun came out again today. <laughs> it's like we talk about the weather. Yeah. What's like, up? How you all doing? The
0: that- uh, yeah. That- that- yeah. Well,
1: how you doing? I'm good. Yeah. 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 How are you doing? I'm good. So How's you- your weekend? Good.
0: So so what do you look at as a a strong conversation? How can we and I, I know it's kinda this is kinda off from some speaking, but I think it's all relevant because powerful conversations can be had on the stage as well. So
1: Well, and not just that, I would say like if you really want to increase the size of your network and then thus increase the size of the opportunities that come your way as a speaker, yeah. yeah. You need to have the kinds of conversations in day to day life in day to day life that makes other people see that you're investing in them so that they want to invest in you. I mean, uh, any speaker who's listening to this right now, if you want to increase your chances of getting your next gig, the next time somebody calls you, and they always have those two questions, how much do you cost and are you available for a specific date? Right. You, you can say, yeah, no, absolutely. I can answer those questions. No, no problem. But before I do, how's your day going?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they say, oh, well, well, it's good. It's a good day. Oh, yeah. What's been the best part of your day so far?
0: That, that's oh, hold on. The next now. round. The next round. Okay.
1: Yes. Yep. Oh, well, what's been the best part of my day and they tell you what that is. And then you don't stop there. You say, "Oh yeah, and so how like how is it that you you came to be in that place today?" Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is is that you're using the art a powerful conversation as I call it to engage in a human exchange with this individual because deep down psychologically, that person is not just asking themselves whether or not you're a good speaker for their conference. Yeah. Psychologically they're also asking themselves, can I have coffee with this person?
0: Yeah, are you cool? Like can can we be Are band? you
1: cool? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like let's if I can get you, I mean, five minutes into you calling me with a technical question, talking about how you and I are both, I don't know, huge supporters of a certain soccer team in England. All, all now we're vibing. Now we're connecting. Yeah. Now we're family. And I've just given you a reason to want to hire me over, above and beyond any other speaker you're talking to that day, wow. because you and I, we we both love Manchester United, right? So it's these kinds <laughs> of like that it, that stuff yeah, that gives yeah, you yeah. the psychological advantage. And, and yeah, a lot of speakers yeah. don't know this. What they do is they think, oh, I got to compete on price, I got to compete on content. No, no, you got to compete on relationships.
0: Commonality, yeah, and finding that, yes. relationship. You know, I think I think yeah. you know that that that's something strong because. A lot of times my easiest bookings are the ones where we can connect. Right. Yep. And I'm, so I'm always looking for a, a angle of connection. So like mm-hmm. I um I can't disclose the the company right now. Uh we're in contract. But uh yeah, we, we end up being all in the same frat or Divine Nine. So like oh, so we had that commonality, and because of that commonality, it was much easier for us to say, all right, what's the next steps? So let's let's move forward yeah. with this. So yeah. I, I, I love I mean, look, that. Pe- yeah. people, people
1: do business with people who they respect, admire, value, and like. Yes. And so how how do you make somebody respect, admire, value, and like you? You don't just do it by the clothes you wear or your past accomplishments. That does a little bit of it, you know, or how much money you make or what kind of successes you've had. You, you connect with somebody and you have a conversation with them where they tell you about a funny story that happened to them when they were a kid, mm-hmm. or you guys talk about, you know, some television show that you both really love or whatever it is you connect with them on a human level. They begin to respect you. or oh, they admire, you, they like you more, yeah, they I value guess. you. They, and, and, and that's really what you know makes the biggest difference. But I would even say though that, um, I mean, I've written a book on this subject, so I'm passionate about this. And so for me with the more, more, um, the more, more, is this new company that I built because I feel like we have an epidemic in our world of people not talk- talking to each other anymore about meaningful things. And plus, because of technology, yeah, we don't even talk to each other at all. Yeah. So I'm trying to get people to wake up to, hey, if you want adventure, if you want laughter, if you want love, if you want business opportunities, try to find conversations as your segue to getting there. Wow. Try to see your conversations as your segue to getting there. And so this is something that I'm really trying to get people to understand.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's powerful, man, and I, I would love to see how I can engage more into that. You know, um, to to go deeper because there's there's always a surface level, and then there's a, a level deeper that that people can truly open up, right? And, you know, yeah. that's that's the art of anything in life, like the art of connection with your mm-hmm. you, with your marriage, uh, with your friends is going beyond that mm-hmm. surface level question to truly understand that person and connect. So I, I want to pivot it. from from that. I'll, two more questions for you today. What What was your biggest challenge before you started getting booked as a speaker?
1: My biggest challenge, you know, for me, my big challenge was relevance. Mm -hmm. So I find that a lot of speakers, they make the mistake of talking on subjects that they are not experts in. And so for me, I might be sitting there talking about the importance of goal setting or the importance of overcoming your fears. But if that, if in that point in my life, I don't have some really good overcoming my fears stories, or if I don't have some really good like examples of where I set a goal and I managed to accomplish that goal. Yeah. Then on some level, I'm almost like a fraudulent speaker. I'm just sitting here right. talking about things I read in a book, as opposed to things I've actually done. Come on. And so, <laughs> you know, so for me, yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah, it was like the, uh, it, it was the, 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 oh, you know what? i was gonna, make a, I was gonna make a joke about the American election, but hey, you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna make the joke. I'm a Canadian. I could. Can, I, who knows? I might not be allowed <laughs> back in your country again.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Honestly, well, yeah, yeah. We we won't go political. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the truth is, is that it really, for me, it was about the idea of finding that place where I could look people in the eyes and say, I know this stuff, mm-hmm. like I've lived it, I've breathed it, I've been hurt by it, I have overcome it, whatever it happens to be, you cannot tell me that I do not know what I'm speaking about. And so my biggest challenge was just finding my authentic voice. Yeah. And then once I found that authentic voice, you could literally feel the shift in the way the audience would look at me because it was like, it's like you as a, as a runner, right? I mean, you as a, as a, as a high level athlete at one point, you know, even though I was a successful athlete, I have no idea what it's like to be a professional athlete. Yeah. And so you can look me in the eyes and you can say, this is what it is like to have this many thousands of people staring at you. And you've got this much time to run this much, this, this fast. That, that's a unique thing perspective that only you and very few people have, right? So you got to find your authentic
0: voice. You know, I I think we all have our strength, right? As speakers, Mm -hmm. we got to find it because that's the the lane of your voice. That's what's authentic to people. What would you say is, is your power?
1: My power now is taking that stuff that so often people Think is taboo or don't want to speak about, and putting it into a package where people can go, "All right, you got me." Mm. It's like it's like um, you know you 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 take you take any kind of taboo topic. Yeah, it could be something like uh, monogamy in a relationship. I mean, that's a taboo topic for you, right there.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I have learned how to bring that conversation into a presentation or into a video or into anything I do that makes the most staunch conservative individual just relax, bring their shoulders down and open their ears to what it is that I have to say. And to me, that is a powerful thing because we live in a world where there's so much division Mm. And trying to get anybody to be open to another perspective other than their own takes, what I would say, magic. Yeah. You need to have magic to get someone to believe in the possibility that maybe their their viewpoint isn't the only viewpoint. And if you're going to go up there and just say, you're crazy, your ideas are wrong, mm. no one's ever going to listen to you. Yeah. So you got to figure out how to do it. And so for me, it's the bait and switch. Yeah. Debate and switch, best rule you can ever do as a speaker, right? right? Get everyone to agree to this and then say, Well, if you agree on that, well then you have to agree on this. And they're like, Oh, you got me. <laughs> you, know, you, you came right, from that right. field, you got me. Right?
0: Yeah. I've been learning that there's there's a level of accountability that we all have in our relationships and our jobs, right? And that there's there's an approach to it as well. So it's not not everything is just always black and white. You did this right. You did this wrong. But the approach of how you handle that will get people to tune in or tune out. Like, and that's that's a big part of our responsibility. How are we choosing to engage in that conversation? Right. This is it. This is it.
1: It's like, you know, I, I used to say something on stage where I'd say to the audience, have you ever seen a fly try to go through a window? And everyone like kinda laughs. They're like, Yeah, yeah, I'm like it's funny. I go, right? Like you're in your apartment, you're in your house, and you see this fly buzzing against the window. Zzz, zzz, yeah, yeah, right? It's crazy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I keep looking and it kinda crawls over here, crawls over there. And I go, And some of you are so nice, you need to try to help that fly get out of the house. Like you put a cup over it, you put a piece of paper, and then you take it out. Of course, the crowd starts laughing, right? Because 'Cause they're like, Yeah, that's me, that's me. And I say, you know, whenever I see a fly doing this, I always just want to walk up to that fly and just say, Hey, listen, you know what? There is an open window on the other side of the apartment. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is turn around. You can be free. Right. And I say, of course, a fly never does that. You come back the next day. What do you see? You see a dead fly. Right. (laughs) It killed itself. It kept on trying, trying, trying. So Mm -hmm. what happens is you get the whole audience laughing at that. This is the bait and switch. And I say, you know what? If a fly can do that, is it possible that we're all doing the same thing? Mm -hmm. Are we all not just trying to bang our head against the exact same window over and over and over again, expecting that today is the day the window's going to disappear? And pre- why don't we just for a second turn around and maybe there's an open window behind us? Yeah. And when you say it, the audience goes, Ah, I get you now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So you gotta bring them into something that everyone can agree on that's not confrontational, and then bring them back to themselves that maybe they wouldn't have wanted to look at in the first place.
0: Yeah, powerful. Man, I, I really enjoyed this conversation, Stuart. Uh before we Thank go, you. let the throughout tribe know how can we keep in touch with you?
1: Well, there's two places, the best place to go, you know, like stewardknight.com, S-T-U-A-R-T-K-N-I-G-H-T.com. That's where all my speaking stuff is. Go flip around, learn about what it is that I've done to get to where I am today. And if you've got any questions as a speaker, feel free to send me an email. I'm always happy to help other people out. Um, But the other area where I'm super excited about, and Charles was talking about this, is which is my new website where we're basically owning conversation. We're bringing conversation to the world. It's a subject I've written a book on. Uh, It's a subject I've spoken around the world on. And so if you go to themoremore.com, simple as that the more more.com we believe the more powerful your conversations are the more powerful your life will be so we've got all kinds of free stuff there we've got date night for you and your partner you guys can have a better conversation with each other just by watching a video and it takes you through a conversation we've got all kinds of things as well for your friends and for your family always that are all free in order for you to have great conversations so we'd love to to stay in touch with you there too
0: i appreciate this Stuart. thanks for doing our show my pleasure my friend